0: Hello and welcome to 2023 September Fellows Choice podcast, where we will outline the highlights of September issue of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. I am Giuseppe Caruso from the Sapienza University of Rome in Italy, and I'm here today with my dear friend Luigi.
1: Hi, I'm Luigi Vitis from the University of Milan in Italy. And this monthly article is by Rachel Grisham and colleague from Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York, US. The title is Low Grade Serous Ovarian Cancer, Expert Consensus Report on the State of the Science. Low Grade serous Ovarian Cancer, uh, a less common ovarian cancer variant affects younger women and exhibits limited response to chemotherapy, leading to prolonged ineffective treatments and reduced quality of life. Its pathogenesis and management remain partially understood, but recent strides in molecular understanding and novel targeted therapies offer hope for improved outcomes. Experts convened in October 2022 to create a consensus document updating clinicians on scientific advancements and unanswered questions related to diagnosis and treatment. This document provides recommendations encompassing pathology, research, epidemiology, risk assessment, clinical management, and ongoing research. The collaborative efforts aim to guide practitioners across diverse settings in effectively managing low-grade serous ovarian carcinoma and fostering future advancements in research and patient well-being.
0: The next article is by Nasidius et al. from University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, US who presents the role of immunotherapy for lymph node-positive vulvar melanoma, utilization and outcomes. The study aimed to analyze adjuvant immunotherapy's effects on patients with vulvar melanoma and inguinal lymph node metastasis. Using the National Cancer Database data from 2004 to 2015, the study focused on patients without distant metastases who underwent inguinal lymphadenectomy, had positive lymph nodes, and at least one month of follow-up. The analysis evaluated immunotherapy utilization and outcomes comparing clinical and pathological characteristics. Among 300 patients, 25% received immunotherapy. Although immunotherapy recipients were younger, other factors were similar between groups. Survival analysis indicated no significant overall survival difference between those who received immunotherapy with a median of 31 months and those who did not with a median of 23 months. Stratification by lymph node status showed no survival advantage. After considering confounders, immunotherapy did not associate with improved survival with another ratio of 0.8. Conclusively, while about a quarter of patients received adjuvant immunotherapy, this did not yield enhanced overall survival.
1: And then Salvo and colleagues from uh, MD Anderson Cancer Center uh, in Houston, US, Present the study Clinical Pathologic Characteristics, Oncologic Outcomes and Prognostic Factors in Neuroendocrine Cervical Carcinoma, a neuroendocrine cervical tumor registry study. This study aimed to assess the clinical and oncologic characteristics of patients with neuroendocrine cervical carcinoma using an institutional tumor registry. Patients were categorized by stage and evaluated for clinical pathologic features and outcomes. A total of 453 patients were included with varying stages 29% of early stages, 50% locally advanced, and 21% advanced. Survival rates differed among stages, with early stage having favorable outcomes. Recurrence rates were high for locally advanced and advanced cases, and the five year progression free and overall survival rates were best for early stage. and 71% respectively, followed by uh, locally advanced, 28% and 36%, and advanced disease, 6% and 12%. Positive predictors for advanced disease survival included specific treatments. Overall, early stage patients demonstrated better survival, while locally advanced and advanced cases presented challenges in overall survival improvement.
0: The next study is by Mauret et al. from the Michele and Pietro Ferrero Hospital Verduno in Italy. Uh, these authors present the study survival after sentinel node biopsy alone in early stage cervical cancer, a systematic review. The study aimed to evaluate oncologic outcomes when utilizing sentinel lymph node biopsy as the sole surgical management component in early stage cervical cancer. Following systematic searches in major databases encompassing June 1991 to May 2023, the study included women with FIGO 2009 stage 1A to 2A cervical cancer. Four studies covering over 2,000 patients were analyzed. Among these, 16% 16 underwent sentinel lymph node biopsy alone, although lymph vascular space invasion differed between groups, no significant differences were found in three-year progression-free survival rates. The three-year recurrence-free survival rates were comparable for both sentinel node biopsy alone and sentinel node biopsy with lymphadenectomy. Conclusively, for early-stage cervical cancer, utilizing sentinel lymph node biopsy alone does not seem to independently elevate recurrence risk.
1: The next study is by Piri and colleagues from the University of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, who present the study evaluating the use of machine learning in endometrial cancer, a systematic review. The study aimed to assess the machine le- learning's role in endometrial cancer by reviewing its application, evaluating common algorithms, and comparing its performance against traditional prediction models. Using a systematic review covering January 1985 to March 2021, Electronic databases were extensively searched. Among 4,295 screened articles, 30 studies on machine learning endometrial cancer were included. Frequent applications encompassed patient datasets, preoperative diagnostics, genomics and serum biomarkers. Commonly used models were neural network and support vector machines. The number of related publications increased from 1 in 2010 to 29 in 2021. In comparison with traditional statistics, machine learning models performed similarly in various scenarios. The conclusion suggests that while innovative, machine learning's performance aligns with traditional regression models, necessitating further studies for a comprehensive assessment of its role.
0: And there we have Raimondo et al. from the IRCS Azienda Hospitaliera Universitaria of Bologna with the article Race and Ethnicity Reporting in Endometrial Cancer Literature. The study aimed to evaluate the reporting of race ethnicity in endometrial cancer literature published from January to December 2020. A systematic literature review was performed and resulted in 999 peer-reviewed articles on endometrial cancer. Of these, 17.5% reported patient race ethnicity with low reporting quality. Rates were similar between journals adhering to the ICMGE, International Committee of Medical Journal Editors, recommendations and those that did not, as well as between prospective and retrospective studies and national and international studies. Reports from the WHO America's region were more consistent in reporting race and also female corresponding authors were more consistent than male authors. In conclusion, endometrial cancer articles show limited race ethnicity reporting, even in journals following the ICMGE guidelines.
1: Alicia and colleagues from the Brunel University in London, UK, present a study: identification of RAD51 foci in cancer-associated circulating cells of patients with high-grade serous ovarian cancer, association with treatment outcomes. The study aimed to investigate the presence and significance of RAD51 foci markers of DNA repair in patients with high-grade serous ovarian cancer. Among 124 patients, blood samples were collected during treatment and follow-up, and RAD51 foci were identified using immunofluorescence. Patients with wild-type BRCA displayed RAD51 foci, while those with BRCA mutations showed significantly lower levels. Responders to treatment exhibited reduced circulating cells and RAD51 foci, and throughout treatment, platinum-resistant patients had higher RAD51 foci counts compared to platinum-sensitive patients. Patients with more RAD51 foci had worse progression-free survival with a median of 13 months compared to unreached progression-free survival in patients with fewer foci. In conclusion, RAD51 foci levels in circulating cells are associated with clinical outcomes in high-grade serious ovarian cancer, indicating their potential as markers for DNA repair deficiency.
0: And the next study is from Gulia from the Tata Memorial Center in Mumbai in India, with the study secondary cytoreduction in platinum-sensitive relapsed ovarian cancer and individual patient-level meta-analysis. This study aimed to analyze the impact of secondary cytoreductive surgery in recurrent ovarian cancer through a meta-analysis of randomized trials. The analysis covered patients with platinum-sensitive relapsed ovarian cancer and compared secondary surgery to no surgery. Data extraction involved the overall and progression-free survival details from published curves. The combined data from three studies comprising 1249 patients showed that complete resection occurred in 34 percent of patients overall survival did not significantly differ between surgery and no surgery groups but the surgery group had extended progression-free survival subgroup analysis indicated longer overall survival in the complete cytoreduction subgroup and worse survival in the incomplete cytoreduction subgroup. And so secondary cytoreductive surgery did not significantly improve overall survival, but complete cytoreduction showed survival benefits.
1: And then Caruso and colleagues from Sapienza University, Rome, Italy, present the review system, Systemic Therapy De-Escalation in Advanced Ovarian Cancer, a new era on the horizon. PARP inhibitors have significantly impacted advanced ovarian cancer treatment. Improved survival rates have prompted interest in de-intensified approaches to enhance quality of life while maintaining oncologic outcomes, and these novel concepts of systemic treatment escalation is a new frontier in personalizing ovarian cancer therapy. Careful patient selection, limited to those with favorable, favorable prognostic factors, like BRCA mutations or homologous recombination, Deficient tumors is essential. Potential strategies involve new adjuvant PARP inhibitor use, adjuvant chemotherapy reduction, shorter PARP inhibitor maintenance, early PARP inhibitor post debalkin surgery, omitting maintenance and extending PARP inhibitor beyond oligoprogression with local treatment. Ongoing trials are investigating the safety and feasibility of these approaches, and this review discusses current trends, challenges, and future prospects for systemic treatment de-escalation in advanced ovarian cancer.
0: And then we have the last study uh, by Holloway from the Advent Health Cancer Institute, Orlando, in the US, who presents the clinical trial, a phase three multicenter randomized study of uh, OLDV, Nanivasi Nani, Vasi, Repvec, followed by uh, platinum doublet chemotherapy and bevacizumab compared with platinum doublet chemotherapy and bevacizumab in women with platinum-resistant refractory ovarian cancer. The study aims to address the limited effectiveness of treatments for platinum-resistant or refractory ovarian cancers by investigating ALDIVEC, which is an immune modulating therapy. The primary objective is to evaluate ALDIVEC's efficacy followed by uh, platinum-based chemotherapy and Bevacizumab in these patients, the, uh, I, the hypothesis is that this sequential approach will extend the progression-free survival and offer clinical benefits compared to platinum-based chemotherapy and Bevacizumab alone. This prospective randomized active controlled phase three trial will, will enroll lead, eligible patients with recurrent non-resectable high-grade serous endometroid or clear cell Uh, ovarian cancer. The primary endpoint is uh, progression-free survival and approximately 186 patients are expected to be enrolled, with the results expected to be presented in uh, uh, 2025. And this trial is uh, registered at clinicaltrials.gov. So Luigi, I think uh, that's it for this podcast.
1: Yes, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast we prepared and we hope to see you soon at the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer October podcast.